Welcome to this very special podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Charlotte. And I am Jonathan. And our mission with this show is to help you integrate your heart, body, mind and soul. We believe one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is the gift of wholeness through integrating all aspects of what it means to be human. Your journey to become even healthier and happier starts right now. Welcome to Wellness Theory, the podcast. Today we are joined by Sharin, who is an exceptional emotional well-being coach. She specializes in helping people create their own happiness by transforming seemingly mediocre lives into helping people live the life of their dreams. In this episode, you will learn how to raise self-confidence in a world surrounded by comparison and how to harness meditation to reprogram your mind and your body. Enjoy. Nathan, so welcome, Shireen. Thank you for joining us. It's great to have you on. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> no problem. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, what are you kind of currently doing now? So right now, I'm an emotional well-being and mindset coach. So I'm working a lot with um, with, with with men and women, but particularly um, more so with women, helping them build their um, emotional well-being, helping them um, create a mindset that serves them. And ultimately, it's about um, really empowering people to um, feel good about who they are um, and going out there and creating a life that they they really love and that fully fulfills them. Awesome. Loving that. And you're doing that based in the UK at the moment, right? And online? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm in London at the moment. I do kind of travel quite a bit, and um, so most most of the time I am working um, remotely, and so my sessions are generally um, on, on Skype. Yeah. So and now I guess it's a part, even more so the perfect time because um, people need it more than ever now over Skype. <laughs> so it works pretty well, really. Good old lockdown, eh? All right. So this is one of the things I'm excited to your brains on is your transition this isn't what you always did is it this is something you're transitioned into based on your own personal experience as well so tell us a bit about that how, how did you end up doing what you're doing definitely yeah so I've been um, a, a coach now um, for the last few years but I haven't always been as you said I haven't always been um, been doing this and, and, and been uh, an emotional well-being coach um, I my kind of story started probably when I was about like 16 17 because that's when I first like hit the gym so you know okay. as, a, as a as a young girl I was always dancing and you know um you know d- doing kind of sporty things but I never like hit the gym until I was 16 and I got my like gym pass and I became like pretty obsessed with it actually I I do remember I mean I couldn't do that now but I do remember like running on the treadmill for like two and a half hours <laughs> and it was just like a breeze you know um so yeah just just FYI I can't do that right now <laughs> um but I could I could again I'm sure um but yeah kind of got really really into my fitness and um while I was doing my A-levels, I, I then qualified as a fitness instructor. So I pretty much qualified as, um, you know, a, a group X instructor when I was 17 years old. Um, so I started teaching when I went to uni. I was kind of teaching um, in gyms as well. And then I started to get other fitness qualifications. And um, I kept on teaching all, all, all through, like, university. 
and um, after uni, I kind of, sorry, um, after my A-levels, I went into, um, at uni, I, I went into kind of teaching English. So I kind of had these two careers. I was like training to be a teacher, but at the same time, I was like teaching fitness. Um, so you've and when really I transforming people in some way, shape or form. Do you know what? It seems to be my vocation. Like I seem to somehow ha always like from the age of 17, this is what I seem to be doing. And I remember actually when I was like a little girl, I was always a teacher. No one ever, ever was allowed to be the teacher apart from me. I had the whiteboard. <laughs> I had the register and I was always a teacher. <laughs> and so even though I'm not necessarily a teacher per se now, I, you know, it, it seems to be in my blood. My mum's a teacher too. Oh, there you go. Ancestral, you know, my DNA. Um, but yeah, so um, I was, um, I was kind of teaching in the fitness industry, and I was, you know, uh, training to be a teacher, and and I qualified as a teacher. And then when I was about twenty three, I, I got a job as um, a master trainer for a, a very big fitness brand, and um, and um, it was amazing. Like I had an amazing time. I was traveling the world, training instructors. Really, really good time. Um, but a lot came up for me within that um, for myself and what I noticed about the industry. And, and the main thing that I noticed was that actually there, there wasn't um, the focus wasn't on um, feeling healthy and, and being healthy um, at that level. The focus was on like, what do you look like and like how big or small are your muscles, depending if you're a man or woman. And, you know, do you have flat abs and how, how, um, how great do you look on stage? And, um, and very, very image heavy. And um, I was quite sensitive to this and this kind of uh, triggered me a lot. Um, and, and it really was like a battle for me um, during that time with my own kind of demons of body and feeling like good enough and um, feeling worthy and um, you know diet and, and body confidence. So all throughout that, that um, uh, working um, in, in, in the fitness industry, I kind of battled with that. But at the same time, what I noticed that everybody else seemed to be battling with that as well, you know, um, and obviously I am generalizing, but it had very heavily like um, many, many other instructors and master trainers, very, very concerned about the way they look, what they're eating, constantly on a diet. And instead of it being about, you know, physical health and, um, and feeling good and, and being healthy, it was really about, well, you know, um, how do I impress people by, by what I look like and this focus being on image. And then I remember like one of the mentors, um, she said to me, I applied for like another position within the company to, to deliver something else um, as a master trainer. And she just said to me that my image didn't suit the position. And so I didn't get this job based on the way that I looked like. Um, and, you know, uh, I was I was not overweight. I was I've probably been like a size 10, 12 uh, for for many, many years. So, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, um, clinically overweight or, or unhealthy. I was very healthy in actual fact, but I didn't I didn't it didn't you know, I didn't fit this apparent image. And so that like battered away at my confidence made me feel really bad about who I was and 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 I carried on but the more I carried on the more I realized that it wasn't it really wasn't just myself that was struggling it was other instructors um you know feeling like they weren't maybe good enough as instructors and that they were being judged and they had this pressure or may ha having to feel like they had to look a certain way 
And um, I basically got really fed up of it. So when I was about 29 years old, um, I decided to, to quit, to leave um, that, that industry. And again, like I want to stress that obviously not everybody is like that, um, but it was what I was exposed to very heavily. And, um, and, and I decided that no, well, you know, as much as, as much as, you know, there are people who are really helping people with their physical fitness, it seems that the industry is also um, a little bit unhealthy with, with um, body image and, and the way they are relating to, uh, to themselves. And so I, I, I decided that actually I, what I want to help people with is the way they feel about themselves, you know, their, their confidence, their self-esteem, feeling comfortable in their own skin, feeling comfortable and confident about their body and knowing that their, their size or their shape or the way they look did not define their fitness, first of all, because you don't have to be a particular size to be fit, which I think the industry does seem to make you feel that you have to be this particular size. And it's not true. You know, I was a size 12, had a soft stomach, but I could do like 50 press ups in a minute, which I think is fairly good. You know, yeah, right. That's good. Right, guys. <laughs> I remember that because I won a competition. <laughs> It's, it's really interesting that you like because you've you've seen it from behind the scenes the same way that we have right Definitely. but there's people that obviously listen to the, you know the, our episodes and they might not see it from that standpoint but they're experiencing the same things like mm. even like you look at social media and that element of comparison and people photoshopping themselves on magazines and all that side of things what reaction does that give you when you see that from that side of it as well mm. Um, from as in like from people and um, comparing themselves or when they're like photoshopping things is, is that when, they're, when they're comparing themselves to other people when you're seeing just like somebody that maybe was once you before you'd been through your own transformation in that way what, what's your first thought that pops up I feel sad yeah like I feel sad that people feel there's this huge kind of dense feeling from from my personal experience and from obviously people that I've coached it, it seems to be this dense feeling of like I'm not enough like it's not okay to look or be uh, you know who I am or what I look like and I have to be better I have to be a different size I have to be a different body shape I have to wear um, a certain type of clothing or have a certain hairstyle you know and, and if I don't do that it's not okay and, and that makes me feel really sad really sad actually yeah, yeah. cool yeah it is, it's um kind of it's interesting that you say that because like the health and fitness industry is being marketed as obviously a way to improve health improve confidence yeah. self-esteem make you feel better but when you kind of look deeper into it i think exactly what you say it's um causes um, a lot more issues with obviously self-confidence, body issues, um, and people comparing themselves to unrealistic expectations of what they see on social media and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it is like quite sad and quite um, uh, frustrating to see that uh, because obviously when that industry is meant to help people to feel better about themselves and, and not compete with each other and want to look like someone else. You're meant to be, the whole point of it is to be a better version of yourself, not to be come someone else it's so well, true think, yeah. it's important to just highlight that we're not here to batter the health and fitness no, industry no. right there's a lot of real good good people yeah, out definitely definitely obviously experiencing it aren't they yeah. that's for sure
Well, I was going to say, I think it's a really good point, like that word you use, unrealistic, you know, um, because I think that a lot of people do feel this pressure, yet for the average person who might have a full-time job, you know, or a mum that's looking after, you know, two or three kids and, 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 and a house and a family and a social life, um, this aspiration to to be what you see on Instagram it is not realistic for many people you know because then they're just they don't even have the time to do it you know um and of course we can make time for things and and, and then there's the, that side of the argument as well um but I think it's really important like you say to to um, be realistic and I think part of being realistic is also about um uh like accept acceptance you know acceptance of uh what is what is enough and what is okay um and that you don't have to um aspire to be this unrealistic um image of what health or fitness is yeah absolutely completely agree i think the the biggest thing the biggest question i think people will be asking if they're listening to this conversation is well okay but now you know we feel like this because you felt like it too how did you overcome it like yeah going through feeling the way that you were in terms of confidence and self-esteem given the level of responsibility you had as well to then obviously be empowering other people when you were still in that fitness side so how mm -hmm. did you transition into who you are now yeah good Not like, question you're, you know, you're more involved let's say yeah <laughs> well i i would say the first thing is that it's a journey you know i think one of the things that people um often think is like some kind of overnight process so you wake up one day and you're like hey i'm just really confident loving myself comfortable with my body everything's wonderful um you know uh thinking person and um that's not the case you know it is a journey and it is a process and it does take time um i think the first thing is that i woke up to 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 knowing that i actually didn't want to feel like this anymore and i wanted to do something about it so i think that was the first thing that desire to change the way i felt and change my relationship to myself because i battled with that for so many years on on multiple levels and so i was like right, i don't want to feel like this anymore um so the first thing i actually did um and i'm not saying this is recommended but i actually took some time out from from fitness um to to get a bit more internal um so i probably uh, took um maybe more time out from fitness at that time that i would have that i wished i had um but it, you know that that's obviously what i needed at that time to to move away from from all that um uh, uh all, all the triggers basically um so yeah moving away from that get, giving myself some space and i started um reading so um i think there are two things what, what one of the um one of the biggest ones is like reading and listening to podcasts because for me um the more i read the more it led me to like the next stage it was like this um it was like i was following breadcrumbs of breadcrumbs to um you know self-confidence and breadcrumbs to self-belief and breadcrumbs to self-love and acceptance so everything i would read it was like they would recommend something else or they would give me a new technique and and it was just like this um domino effect of learning more and learning more um and then that, that was the same with podcasts as well. Um, I also started meditating um, and, and took that kind of quite seriously. Um, 
for me that that really truly did help it really helped me to kind of go inwards um and then maybe we'll be talking about those kind of things a bit more later on um um and I, I had coaching myself, you know, I had coaching, I, I started with therapy, I kind of um, had quite a lot of therapy, you know, um, counseling and, and CBT. And I think for me, there were wonderful elements of it. But what it didn't do was it didn't give me um, enough. Um, well, two things, it didn't, it didn't remove these deep embedded feelings and and belief systems, which coaching does um or the type of coaching i do and i know that you guys um do something probably very similar um but like removing this the this programming that was not serving me these beliefs that were not serving me about myself like taking them away and and um filling myself with uh feelings and um thoughts that were empowering me and 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 um helped me to feel good about myself um and listening to my body, you know, not not um, forcing myself to run on the treadmill for hours or starve myself. Mm -hmm. I stopped dieting. That was one of the biggest things. I haven't oh, dieted yeah. for many years now. <laughs> We're going to tell the volume up that bit. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that can be a struggle for someone who's always dieted for sure. You know, like letting go because. There's this, there's this fear that, oh no, if I let control, let go of control of my food, I'm going to become really unhealthy. And actually, the opposite happens. You become really healthy. <laughs> exactly. So, I find it so interesting that you, what you said about your that, that initial step in when you woke up that something had to change, you actually stepped away from the physical side. I did the exact yeah. same thing. Oh really? And, um, probably what I should have. That's for sure. Yeah. I like just all in on all this like mind body like emotion connection and all of this stuff and and started to not only just have a break but then I started to neglect that side as well and then that's also Ooh. an interesting like mind flip for somebody that does exercise often so in the same way that you said if somebody diets all the time you then tell them to kind of stop it's like completely out of the norm um and it's, it's, it's uncomfortable right so a big part of it's getting out of your comfort zone as well isn't it I mean, we, we talk a lot about resetting the system and we, we, a lot of people that work with us, when they come to us, that's the first thing that we get them to do is go through a, a serious reset of all those components because then they get to start afresh and do exactly what you just said there about listening to themselves. Yeah, and I like um, what you said, which is obviously very key about you've, you've got yourself in a situation where you weren't happy with what you were doing and you literally took yourself away from it. You stepped out of it. You stepped back to look at the picture and start to question. And yeah, and when you do that, when obviously people do that, they start to then again, like you did, they start to find, they start to question everything and find different ways and think, okay, there's got to be something else. And then you start like listening to podcasts, listening to books. Um, and then you start to think, okay, I can try this, I can try this. And then these things start to connect together. Um, and then you start to find that kind of approach where you start not only just focusing on the physical, you start listening to your mind, you start listening to your emotions, you start meditating, you start reading more, you start um, just connecting on a deeper level. Um, and then you start to, again, like you find the answers you're looking for and it all starts from stepping away. Um, and I think once, when people start to realize that and they start to think, okay, it's okay to step back. It's okay to move away from what you're doing, like mm -hmm. dieting all the time or um, being in like 
the fitness side or the physical side all the time step away from it and just take a break see what happens mm. because it's mm. like you don't know what's going to happen that's not a bad thing um and you like to say in your case what happened is um and same nothing happened with myself and charlie it was a good thing because it helps you to question it and you find other routes and other paths that actually make more sense i think a lot of people mm. can relate to what you said about the breadcrumbs following the breadcrumbs yeah. <laughs> whether it be in a book or a piece of advice here or there um that that's so so common what um what i'd like for you to if you if you would is to share a bit more about how the the meditation helped you in the way that it did because a lot of people are, are getting that they, they can really relate to the breadcrumbs but there's still a lot of people on the fence when it comes to meditation and how that can influence their wellness so give us a, a bit of a sneaky mm. peek of your insight well, when I when I talk about meditation, I always feel like, um, oh, no, am I being really cliche? Am I being, you know, really cheesy? Because everybody's talking about it, you know, so people think, well, you know, everybody's meditating now. Um, and, and, you know, right. <laughs> yeah, well, OK, that, that's, that's also true. Um, but for me, I mean, um, the first thing is that none of these things are necessarily easy, but it's all part of a journey and process and, and we can make it as easy as we want with the way that we relate to it and, and think about it. So for me, you know, I started meditating many years ago using apps, um, just apps here and then YouTube, and I never seemed to really connect to it. And then um, about uh, three years ago, Ago, I did a meditation um, called uh, transcendental meditation and for me that it changed my life um, basically um, it was very strict what I had to do and I um, I followed it exactly the way it was supposed to be done for over a full year um, and um, and it I mean even now like now I, I meditate all the time it's part of my morning ritual um I do it in the evening um I'm but I'm a lot more um intuitive about what I need and when I need and what type of meditation so my meditation isn't necessarily the same kind of meditation every time um or, or at the same time of the day um but the reason why um, meditation um for me was so transformative was because it wasn't necessarily about that immediate effect that it gave me at that time so yes it helped me feel like karma and um you know maybe um help with my breathing or help me to focus a little bit more but it kind of it, it just changed my sense of being like it it was like i i was able to flow more I was more at peace with myself um even the way I, I spoke changed um the way that I um, reacted to things changed um and it helped me listen to myself more so um actually at that time when I started that I, I was kind of going through a bit of a major um event and whenever I meditated it was such a difficult time actually because my heart was telling me to do something so drastic and um and i did and i was so fearful of doing what it was telling me to do um but it was like it, it would be screaming at me and and screaming at me it was like shumin listen to me listen to me <laughs> and in the end in the end um i did listen to it you know and and that was a whole nother journey um but yeah, it really helped me get in touch with like who I was, what I wanted, what I needed, um, along with just helping me feel a lot more calmer, a lot more peaceful. 
um, like less reactive to situations, um, kind of more responsive, um, and and let, has led me down more of a spiritual path as well. Now. Nice. And if you've got somebody that's like on the fence, that's not a massive mm. fan of meditation, what mm. would your like piece of advice be? And I'm kind of asking this, obviously for mm. our listeners, so because John's not really into meditation, mm. like he is mm. not in the traditional sense, more no. like the breath yeah. work, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it's an experiment. Exactly. Yeah, it's like I said, there's many different forms of meditation and I've tried the guided yeah. meditation other ones and for me it's breathwork meditation that um works for me i enjoy it um, i get that connection with it and i think that's the key is there is no one size fits all um Definitely. you've got to work for you don't you i think that um like like john said it is it is about um uh, you know not not there isn't one size kind of that fits all and so like i said it is an experiment but Meditation doesn't always have to be about just sitting there in silence. Like there are different ways of meditating. And yes, I've done years of sitting in silence, but I also do many other kinds of meditation. And I think that's when, um, you know, once you've experimented, you can then get in tune with, well, what kind of meditation do I need right now? That might just be you opening a book and painting, you know, because in that moment of painting, you can be extremely present. I, I agree completely. It's the, I have the same approach. It's the intention behind it. So it's, it doesn't matter the, the form of meditation. It can be going and doing a very, very present walk outside. And that can be just as effective, like you said, as sitting down silently for a period of time. And mm-hmm. um, depends on what the intention behind going into that state of meditation is. Yeah. If you're choosing to go in and out of different states and obviously not living in that meditative state as often as we'd yeah. like. And then we can also use it to like, you know, ma- like, you know, manifest and create more. And, um, you know, there are different, there are, it, man- um, the meditations aren't always necessarily about just being present as well. Um, and I, I really like doing um, a mixture of both. I feel like in the morning, I kind of really need that time, even though I've just slept, <laughs> I need that time to kind of just be like silent. And um, uh I like doing heartfulness meditation. So a bit like with the breath work, kind of getting very aligned mind heart. Um, and then um, there are other times where I feel like actually maybe later in the day, okay, now I want to do a meditation where I'm going to focus on like manifesting and creating more of something, you know, or visualization or um, maybe breath work, you know? Um, so yeah, I think yeah, about listening to, to what you need and um, knowing that there are all different kinds and, and it can be fun. Like you can just try it and have fun with it. It doesn't have to be something you take so seriously. And I've got to sit there for 23 minutes now and meditate, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. Exactly. It doesn't have to be a chore, right? You can actually enjoy it. What an idea. You can enjoy our little rituals that we have. Um, and so, so I was just going to say, the t- the, just one more thing, that the time that you need to meditate the most is the time when you really don't want to do it. That's the time you really need to meditate. Yeah, I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, kind of, I deflected it a little bit. I was like, yeah, yeah whatever. And I was like, oh, so true. It's so true, right? And I think yeah. the more you listen to it, the more you know why it's true. <laughs> Definitely. So how have you noticed your actual health improve as a result of that? From meditation? Yeah. Um. Well, definitely, like emotional and mental well-being and for me that is health um 
you know, for, so from, from, from emotional and mental wellbeing side and wellness side of things, um, that has definitely improved, um, more focus, more clarity. I think clarity is like a big one. Um, having a lot more clarity about like what I'm doing, what I want, um, what's important to me, like what I need, what the world is about, what I can give, how I can serve and being able to like answer questions with, with, um, with clarity and having, having, um, um, answers so probably um, that is one of the things in addition to you know just feeling uh, like reducing my stress and feeling calmer um, that, that's definitely a big one so when I say you know when I said to you the times when you kind of don't want to do meditation that's the time when you need to do it so for me that will often be when I'm really like anxious about something or like getting stressy about something and, and I'm thinking about it a lot and I'm like okay sure now you've got to meditate because it's going to make you feel way better you know <laughs> um, so probably you know helping with that as well anxiety or, or um, stress Nice. And just that kind of that, that physical release in your body as well. You know, your body just feeling a lot lighter after you've meditated. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, like one thing I like to get my clients to do is to meditate before I can meditate a small meditation before they actually work out. Puts mm. them in that right state, in their right mindset. Um, to again, not just only feel but visualize what they're about to do and what they want to get out of it. Um, so basically they go, they go into the workout already with the end goal in mind and completed. So mm -hmm. the workout is the process in between. The blueprints are Yeah, the blueprints are already there. So uh, before they've even gone in, they already know what the outcome is going to be. <laughs> yeah. And there's also, you know, a lot of research on, you know, breathing exercises um, before um, uh, doing physical exercise actually helps you perform so much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing you said earlier, which I'm interested in, you said about um, you got to a point where you realized you started listening to your, what your body wants and what your body needs, and just forcing you to go through like a two hour run, or whatever. Um, so, how, uh, when you, by listening to your body, how did that change um, kind of the results and the way that you, that you felt doing um, exercise and physical activity? Yeah. So I think that's a really great question because I think it's a really important point. And I think, again, for people who are very used to a lot of structure and intense exercise and following like a program, it's scary to think that now I've got to listen to what my body needs instead of what a piece of paper or a trainer is telling me. Um, because, uh, you know, the, the trainer might be telling us to do a particular exercise, but actually our body really doesn't need that at this moment or on this day. Maybe they do two days later or next week, but today actually it's going to um, um, affect me in a negative way instead of actually help me. Um, so that was that is a scary thing um, to, for, for, for people and it was for myself as well. Um, the main, the biggest thing I got out of that was I stopped injuring myself. So even mm. though as a, as a professional, you're both like nodding your head. Rehab, <laughs> <laughs> so that's like music. Yeah. Uh, it's the one thing if I could get everyone to understand if they start listening to themselves and stop just following uh, the same structured routine, same structured workout every single day, even if they don't feel like they don't want uh, not doing it, they just they the rate of injuries is going to drop massively because <laughs> their body your body will start doing what it wants to do and what it enjoys doing instead of getting forced to do stuff it just 
it just doesn't want to. And then the relationship improves mm. as well, doesn't it? Like you don't then feel guilty for not doing it if you're already giving yourself permission to have that rest mm. or to have a lighter workout or to have a more intense workout when you need it. Definitely. That's giving and receiving happening within you, isn't it? Like even as like a fitness professional who, you know, and I've got many, many certificates in, in, in fitness and health. I knew, so I knew what I'm doing with my body. You know, I know what I'm doing, but I would still injure myself. So, and, and it was maybe because I wasn't, I wasn't being intuitive. I wasn't listening. And you have to really go inside to be able to feel what it is that you need. Um, and that takes practice, you know, that does take practice because it's not something that everyone is um, uh, uh, automatically able to do. Um, but with practice, you definitely can. And I think when you are able to listen to your body, you actually do exercise that is going to um, get you fitter and healthier. Yeah, definitely. Nice. I love it. It's true. And we're definitely on the same page here, 100%. So listen, we've got a couple oh, of questions. Kind of ask any guests that come on. And the, the first one is like, in the last five years, what's the like the, the best belief or behavior or habit that has most improved your life? Yeah. Um, so probably, um, I mean, I know we've spoken about this already, but definitely meditation. Yeah, it's up there. <laughs> because, because, yeah, because it is part of my morning ritual. And it's literally, if I don't do it when I wake up, I'm like this. This, that's not normal like it, I, I need to do it you know and and I think that's a really good feeling and um, so definitely meditation as I said before also this um this continual like um uh exposure to more so podcasts now than books um before it was very much kind of book heavy but I just listen to podcasts like while I'm walking all the time and I just learn so much from that um and I think probably the biggest thing was changing my belief system um, and again, this is not something that you can do in, in, in one session with, with a coach. You might be able to change one belief in a session, you know, two or three or five, um, but not your whole life, you know. And so, <laughs> right. So it's definitely been like a, a process of changing my belief systems. Um, and, um, and and this is why I, I find this is a key element when I'm coaching my clients, because this is what ultimately changes them and changes their life. Um, and and so yes I've done a lot of work um, on myself but even now I still work with a coach sometimes and I still do my I still coach myself you know and I still change things that come up because things will come up all the time um, so definitely a, an awareness you know an awareness of uh, what is going on for me and um, how can I uh, how can I change this to um, create more happiness and joy for myself and and more, more success and my definition of, of what that is nice love it awesome awesome i like that when you said about creating happiness and joy for yourself mm. so if it's, okay, for those listening you create your happiness and joy you create okay? it, it you matter. create it <laughs> yeah we really really do and i think john i think that's actually probably one of the biggest realizations is that which is a very um, big uh, kind of thing that I, I see everywhere now is that we're creating our reality you know and I see this all the time and it's like when you grasp that concept you you take back power and control and it's like 
So, okay, I, 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 me, I'm really the one of like in charge of my happiness. Like I'm really one that's in charge of how I feel about food. Like, you know, I'm really the one that's in charge of um, my relationships. Like, yeah, you are, you know? So we are creating whatever it is that we, we want. And when we really grasp that concept, we can step into our power and create whatever it is that we want and remove whatever it is that we don't want. Nice. In the listeners are literally hanging on every word you're saying. So while they're hanging on, is what, um, one, what one piece of practical advice would you give to anyone who's listening now and why? Mm. So my whole philosophy is about feeling good. So I would ch say chase feeling good. Yeah. And so this is, again, maybe a bit of uh, something that is, um, some people might say intuitive, but I think we, we automatically know what feels us good and, and what, uh, what doesn't. So as long as you have a sense of awareness of what brings you happiness and, and what doesn't, once you step into a place where you're able to kind of chase feeling good, uh, whether that means with your food, with your health, with your body, with relationships, with, with money, with your home, um, it's going to bring you, it's going to you know, level up your frequency, it's going to level up your energy. And, and, and as we just said, you know, we, we are able to create whatever it is that we want. We are in control. And when we're in a place where we are vibrating at this frequency of feeling good and, and being in our best um, emotional state, we can create more of what we want. We can attract more of what we want. And it's going to come to you. So definitely um, for me, it's about feeling good in, in, in all those areas of your life. So, you know, what do you need to do today to feel good? Nice. nice. I like that. Awesome. It's super simple and anyone can do that, right? So yeah, yeah. watching this, literally press pause and ask yourself that question because that alone will change the game. Um, and it can be a massive pivotal moment in your breadcrumb journey. That's for sure. And that might be something as small as like just deciding who you're going to follow on Instagram. You know, it could be something as small as that, because if you're if you're on Instagram for two hours of a day, two hours of the day, you could be feeling pretty rubbish about yourself, you know, and you could change that, you know, and obviously it could be as big as you want to make that that transition into feeling good, too. So on that note, where can our listeners find you on Instagram or Facebook or wherever it is you're hanging out? Oh, amazing. So um, my Instagram is at the world of wonderful. Um, and the reason I called it that was because my whole concept is about creating your a world for you that is truly wonderful, that feels good in every aspect. Um, and uh, my website is www.sharinortanja.com. So I'm sure if you're working out how to spell that, it might be in the notes of the, <laughs> of the, <laughs> of the, yeah, the podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Is there anything else that you feel like you need to share with our audience today? I think, you know, guys, it's really about you taking that journey to go inside and, and work on this feeling of feeling enough in this world. Because when you feel enough and you feel whole and you feel worthy, um, there are so many beautiful opportunities out there for us. And, you know, this, this life is here for living and you you can live this life in, in the most beautiful way when you feel good about yourself. 
Awesome. I think that's a perfect way to kind of end this podcast, this episode. This is, Shireen, thank you so much for coming on. I think it's been a great conversation. I think our listeners are going to love it. We've definitely enjoyed it. Oh, it's been absolutely amazing. It's been really appreciate you coming on and sharing. Thanks for having me. And with our listeners. (laughs) Oh, thank you, guys. You're most welcome. If you enjoyed this episode, and if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Please share it with a friend who you think might benefit. Spread the word. That's how we are going to impact the world by helping each other. We appreciate you so much. And as always, unconditional love and wellness.